Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. We have been studying the fruit of the Spirit. Now, we're going to go back and use the context uh, uh, verses that are, uh, uh, the verses that we have used, anyway, uh, in uh, the fifth chapter of Galatians 22. And let's read that again this morning, as we have done on each of these occasions. It simply says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Now, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, we have taught you, and I'm going to reiterate here for just, just a little while before we go on this morning, but we have taught you through the Word of God that you are commanded by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to produce fruit. We are told that if we do not produce fruit, that we will be cut off from the vine, cast into the fire, and that's the end of us. All right? As far as our spiritual growth is concerned, the end of it. And we're also taught that at any time that we so desire to repent and come back into that place of fellowship through Jesus Christ, we can be grafted back unto that vine and go on. The, the, the prerequisite, if you will, of going on is simply you and I receiving and understanding the importance of producing fruit in our life. This produce, this fruit produced will sustain you. Now, we, we showed you in the Word of God where, uh, as a matter of fact, that if some of your prayers aren't being answered, some of the things that you need according to the Word through this study that would pertain to fruit, it could very well be the fact that you are not producing fruit in your walk, and that fruit that you're producing is not remaining, that it's just coming, and then if you do produce it, it's just a mouth work, it's not a heart work, and it doesn't last, it will not sustain itself, and then the next time somebody sees you, you're ugly, or you act ugly, okay? And what we're here to do uh, with this study, as I said, and I, I do believe, I will always believe when we, uh, we do this study on the fruit of the Spirit that it's probably the most important study, or at least at the top of that, that you will ever do. And in fact, that without, and I'm around enough Christians and have been for years, that this fruit just simply isn't in their lives. And this fruit, my brothers and sisters, has to be in your life. We're too concerned about God told me this, and God gave me a dream or a vision about that, and I prayed and look what I got from Jesus, and I'm going to walk on the water, and I'm going to raise the dead, all in Jesus' name. And most Christians... Don't know anything about the fruit. Now, they all agree that they know the, about fruit. They don't know anything about the fruit. In other words, they don't know. They've never studied the fruit. They never understood that this right here is a prerequisite to you being blessed by God and you having a successful walk with Jesus Christ. This is it. If this isn't here, honey, you don't need to be concerned about raising the dead, casting out devils, and seeing the sick be healed through Jesus' name. If, in fact, that isn't in your life, if this fruit isn't here. That's how important it is. And again, you are commanded by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to produce this fruit. And if you're not going to do that, guess what? Well, it's, it's going to be a tough old road to hoe, as they say. And unfortunately, for most of us, 
we're going to become discouraged. And, and there's so many, uh, many Christians I'm around, they become so discouraged. They say, I don't understand it. I'm saved. I've got the Holy Ghost. I speak in other tongues. What is it? And I'll sit down and I'll counsel with them. And, and too often than not, I turn back to this fifth chapter of Galatians, this 22nd verse, and I begin to read. I said, are you producing this? Is this being produced in your life? Well, I'd hope so. I'm a Christian. I said, no, no, no. Let's don't, don't, don't play that game. You don't hope so. This fruit has to be growing, folks, inside of here. Out of the abundance of your heart, the Bible says that your mouth speaks. Now, the next time you get yourself in a bind, you're going to find out what kind of fruit's here. Most fruit that's in Christian's life is rotten because it doesn't get produced. Right? It's not cultural. You've got to cultivate around. If any of you have fruit trees at home, you've got to cultivate around those fruit trees. You've got to spray them. You've got to take care of them. You've got to, uh, time comes when you may have to put some fertilizer around them. Or whatever it is that you've got, you've got to take care of it. Most of us just take it for granted. Yes, 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 this fruit's here. And we all read it. So, yes, I produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. I produce all that. Well, in fact, if we do produce all that, then where is it at when we need it? See, anybody can go to church and say, yes, I produce all this. Anybody can, you know, on any given time and day, can get out here on Main Street and act like this all works. But what I'm trying to get into your hearts is, does it work in the time of the trial of your faith, in the crisis of your life? That's when you know if what you're learning out of this book called the Word of God is sustaining itself within, within you. That's how you know that. Now, there again, that's the reason the Bible says to study to show yourselves approved. Now, I, for years, um, some of us anyway, have been taught that if we study to show ourselves approved, that that simply means that we are studying to show ourselves approved so when we stand before Jesus on that day, he'll say, well done. Okay, but that if you will look into the Greek dictionary, you'll find out that this studying to show yourself approved, it simply means this, that you are here now on the face of this earth. If you will study the Word of God, and when that time comes, and, and, and we're told uh, explicitly that the trial of your faith cometh, you're going to be tried by what you believe. In other words, if you believe, and, and, and when we get into uh, a study, and we will do that on healing, we're going to get you to understand why some people are healed and why some people don't seem to be healed, why some people are healed and stay healed all through the name of Jesus Christ and by the stripes that he bore at the cross, and why some people um, are healed and it seems like next week they're not healed. We're going to show you there are reasons by the Word of God that can explain to you why these things happen. But it all comes down to the point and place and time of how much of the Word of God is truly on the inside of us. And that's where this whole thing works. If it's here, you're going to find out that you're going to have some success. If it's not here, you're going to find out that you're going to be amongst those of hundreds of thousands of other Christians walking the face of this earth, sitting around hoping to get lucky. And folks, there is nothing lucky about Jesus Christ. He is our hope and glory. He is the Son of the living God, and He is the Word, all that and everything else combined. Now, if we can go on with this. Now, we have been through love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and today we're going to look at gentleness. We're going to look at the fruit gentleness. Again, realize something about this fruit. And if it's not in your life, begin to put it in your life by placing it in your heart 
and then begin to cultivate around it, watch over it, and watch it grow. Now, this stuff's not going to automatically just produce itself overnight in your life. Uh, it's going to take something called work, and that's usually when we cringe and we say, oh, but, you know, I've got a job and I've got a family and I've got this to do and I've got that to do. And, I mean, if I'm going to have to do all this, you know, study the Word of God an hour a day and pray an hour a day and, and fast two or three times a week, well, that's going to take away from, take away from, take away from the world. That's what that's going to take away from. And Jesus very pointed about telling us to come out from amongst them, be in the world. So uh, it's definitely a reason, and again, through the years, and it's, it's always been a, kind of exciting for me to, to watch as I counsel with people and, and talk with people when they seemingly say, well, I'm a Christian. I doubt not at all that uh, to be a fact. Uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, doubt that not at all. But the fact of the matter is, when you start talking to people about how much time do you spend in the Word of God? How much time do you spend doing this uh, thing called fasting? How much time do you spend this thing called meditation? How much time do you spend praying? We, can't, we, we seem to find in every case very little, if any at all. And that's where we get in trouble as Christians. That's where we get in trouble because I think I, think I did here Thursday night. I think we got into some things Thursday night when I begin to show you that the persecution arises. And affliction arises for the word's sake out of the fourth chapter of Mark. And that's where it all comes. When you begin to think that you want to believe the word of God to be truth, then all of a sudden you're going to find out you're going to be tried by that which you believe, and you're going to find out whether you come up, you know, short or you actually do walk in it. Now, if you come up short, there's only one thing to do. Now, we're studying the fruit of the Spirit. If, there's, if you're short in some of these areas, then the only thing to do is to repent in the name of Jesus, because that's what he's there for at the right-hand side of the Father. And do what? Go on. There's uh, this thing with the Lord you want to remember and always remember. And I'd simply put it this way. It's a learning experience. It's not three strikes and you're out. And so many people are afraid to do anything for Jesus because they're afraid they're going to make a mistake. And uh, you're looking at an old boy here that's unfortunately for some people's places made a lot of mistakes. But I have learned a lot and I feel like that I have learned from my mistakes. And I believe that's what I basically I believe if you will look at these 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 apostles, these people in this Bible of ours, I believe that you will find. Do a study on Peter. In fact I, I don't know if I've done that here yet or not, I don't think I have. But when we begin to study Peter, you're going to find something out of Peter. Uh, and Peter ended up uh, I say took his uh, six pack of Budweiser beer, his red man tobacco, uh went back out in the boat and cussed like a, a truck driver and went fishing. Now that doesn't sound like some great apostle that we have, that we know Peter to be. But what we got to understand is Peter reconciled himself once again back unto the, the Lord Jesus, and look what he ended up being. Okay, so you always want to remember that it's not three strikes and you're out. Thank God it's not. First Thessalonians two, please. First Thessalonians the second chapter, the seventh verse. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. Now, this is Paul telling them that they were gentle among them, like a nurse. Like a nurse, they were gentle among them. Now, gentleness is an attribute uh, that, bless God, some people have, and some people ha have none at all. The old, the old adage is like a bull in a china cabinet. Uh, just uh, seems like that every time they turn around, they can't say anything nice. They can't say anything gentle. They can't be gentle about anything. It's everything that they do. Well, you see, that fruit 
gentleness, and that's the reason it's here, because that, there's a place in all of our lives that it needs to be. Now, the Bible says there's a time and a season for everything, and there is. There's a time and a season. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. There's a, you know, uh, there's a time to live. There's a time to die. We need to understand the seasons, and we need to be able to be in season with it. That means that you, there's a time that you've got to sternly be able to bring forth in your lives to somebody else about Jesus Christ. But you also understand something. If you, all you're into is that, you've missed the gentle part over here. There's also a time to be gentle. And that's where we're at this morning. We're going to try to cover a couple of these mornings. Let's go into Titus 3. What I basically am trying to do here is to show you that we do have the word, the word gentle, if you will, uh, placed in the Bible. Titus 3, 1 and 2. Titus, the first chapter, 1 and 2. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and then the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Now, if you will, uh, I said Titus 3, didn't I? I'm sorry. Uh, I started saying, where's, where's the word gentle at in that? Uh, that's good scripture. Hang on to that. We'll some of Titus 3, uh, first two verses, please. Put them in mind to be sub subject to principalities and power, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak of, uh, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Now, I want you to, to understand that this is an attribute of a Christian. Okay? I want, I want you to, it's, he says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Now, what is being said here is simply, put the church into mind to understand it. Now, understand to be subject to principalities and powers. Now, that means, uh, if you, again, you'd have to get into the Greek dictionary to understand, but that means the, the, the ministering angels, the the angelic force of God, uh, the powers of the Holy Ghost, and it also goes further to talk about magistrates, which is ministry with ministry within the church, and to realize, and there is where most people flat get all screwball with their walks with Jesus Christ. The charismatic movement is terrible about it because. We have tried, now, and, and rightfully so, and I believe that all of our walk with Jesus Christ has to get in balance with him, with his word. And without a balance, folks, you just, everything gets funny. It just, I know people, bless God, that all they know about is in church, is speaking in other tongues. And dear God in heaven, that's wonderful, but there's more to your walk with Jesus Christ than speaking in other tongues. I know churches that preach and try to teach out of our book called the Bible that if you don't speak in other tongues, you can't get to heaven. Now, that just isn't true, but, it, but it, it, that's a doctrine. They use your, I've been in other churches where you can't get to heaven unless you're baptized in water through the name of Jesus and but Jesus only. I've been, I've been around churches like that. Well, what we have done, we have, instead of trying to take this book called the Bible, which is a guideline for the church, even today, and put it forth 
and spread it out. It's a great big table of, uh, of, uh, of a smorgasbord, if you will, of everything that there is that you need to be successful in your walk with Jesus Christ. We have gotten preachers on the face of this earth that don't know enough about all of it or enough of it to teach or to preach about. So we're focusing in on one certain area. And there's too many churches being built out of speaking on other tongues. There's too many churches being built out of, out of miracles and talking about uh, healings. When there's all of everything else there is, as we're teaching here about this fruit of the Spirit, if far as I'm concerned as a preacher, if this isn't in your life, you might as well go fishing. Because this is what the principle that the Lord Jesus Christ gave unto the church so this world out here could know that we're not the world. If this fruit isn't in our lives, then how are they going to know us? They're not, because they don't have spiritual eyes to see spiritually that you're a Christian. So they can know by the fruit that we produce. They're going to know that. No produce? Have no idea. Think about that the next time you decide when some brother or sister does you wrong. Think about it. But think about it even deeper when somebody in this world is coming around. Because I'm going to tell you how I see the world. I see the world as people who are desperately searching for the truth. And when they're around us as Christians and we can't produce this fruit, do you know what they're saying? <laughs> it's not in Jesus. It's not in Jesus. The balance is what we're looking for. We're looking for the balance in our lives so that we're not just into this area, but we are into, we're into enough of it that it balances itself out so that that walk is balanced walk. That you don't, I've always said for a number of years, We've got so many people that know just a little bit about this Bible, the Word of God, that they become dangerous to themselves and anybody that will listen to them. And dear God in heaven, you should be excited about the Word of God. Don't misunderstand me. But the thing that we want you to know and to understand is, as I was trying to get to when I said that we get, that we get out of balance, is the charismatic movement because we got, we've seen movements where people get their eyes on, on, on a man. And that doesn't work. You, you hear me tell you, Hundreds and hundreds of times, if you stay around me, don't get your eyes on me or any piece of flesh, because we'll let you down. Jesus Christ will not let you down, but you need to know something else. You're going to have to subject yourself unto somebody. You're going to have to follow somebody. Now, you follow them by and according to the fruit that they produce. If the fruit that they're producing is rotten, don't follow them. Somebody, somebody said this to me one time, said, well, Brother Deckard, I've been around, I've been under this ministry or this preacher, and uh, this 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 man uh, definitely was a prophet of God, and and uh, and I, I I was under his ministry for four or five years, and and everything went well, and 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 then all of a sudden I just decided to leave, so I left. I said, Well, what's the problem? Well, uh, you know, after being around you a little while, uh, you know, I, I got to wondering about something. That 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 ministry I was under said that it was okay. It was okay for him to uh, kind of uh, be seen out in crowds with somebody other than his wife and to be places and just you know, take the secretary and then go to St. Louis to shop or something. And then after I heard you talk about holiness and righteousness, it kind of makes me wonder. And I said, well, brother, uh, Jesus said, let the ignorant be ignorant. And I, unfortunately, that's what's going on in the church today. I don't care if you call yourself Humpty Dumpty, you still got to line up with this Word of God. You still got to do it. I don't care. There is no place in this Bible that gives any man the right 
to come out from under that Word of God and do anything in accordance with what this man was trying to tell me that he was doing. But, so what we have done in the charismatic movement, we have, uh, we have got people to the place where, well, no man's going to teach me but the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's the Scripture. But what you don't understand is that you're going to have to be taught by the Holy Ghost. And some of you, well, we haven't got into that study about uh, divine guidance, of realizing that there are three voices that you're going to hear. You're going to hear the voice of God. You're going to hear the voice of your mind. And there is the voice of the powers of darkness. Those three voices, every time that you pray and you wait before God, or you're going to, they're going to come in, you're going to have to contend with those three voices. You'll never come a time in your walk with Jesus Christ when it's all so cut and dried that you say that I don't no longer hear the, the, the powers of darkness and I no longer hear my mind. I like to put it this way. If uh, We're going to give you the, the benefit of the doubt. 60% of what you hear is the voice of God. That leaves 40% that can either be your mind and or the powers of darkness. But you've got to understand that there's always that percentage. It's never going to be 100% just the Lord God. See, we again, it's the lack of knowledge that destroys us. And unfortunately, in this move of God that's going on in the face of this earth today, we as, as Holy Ghost filled Christians have felt that the minute that we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we spoke in other tongues, then somehow we had a hotline straight to God that there was nothing that could interfere with that. And we could hear anything besides the voice of God. That's the reason that, that, that I could literally write a book, maybe one day I will, hopefully not, about such things as a sister calling and saying, Well, Brother Deckard, today the Lord God told me that I was to wear red shoes, a blue dress, and I was to go to the IGA store, and I was to buy hamburger for dinner. We were going to have pork loin for, for dinner tonight, for supper. And afterwards, we, my family and I, was to sit down and to read the first chapter of the book of Galatians. Now, that may all be good and well, and God could have told her all that. Okay? But let me tell you something else about God. He gave you something called a brain. Okay? And if you knew what color shoes to put on before you got the Holy Ghost, you can know what color shoes to put on after you get the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So I, I want to say this, and, and you're going to hear me say things as time goes on that's going to sound contrary to this statement. A little bit of common sense will take you a long way when it comes to the Word of God. A little bit of common sense. That's the reason you, you want to leave this thing of working into the supernatural, into the spirit world, to those that are anointed of God that work into it. You may be called to work into it. You may be called to see into it. But I want to tell you, until you set under a ministry that does, that can correct you when you get wrong, you're going to get wrong. Now, you can do whatever you want to do with that. Now, usually that doesn't taste very good uh, to people when I say it like that, but it's the truth. That's the reason the Lord God has set ministry on the face of this earth. The fivefold ministry is set on the face of this earth to bring you to a place of depth, to a place of maturity with God. And without being under it, that's the reason you say, well, no man teach me but the Holy Ghost. You're being taught by the Holy Ghost here today. The Holy Ghost that's within me is teaching you. When you go out here and try to sit under the tree or get on the Isle of Patmos and try to receive this on your own, what gets happening to you is you got, you're going to have to contend with those voices. And please, if you remember nothing else that you ever heard Brother Deckard say, you understand that the, there's a fine line between your mind and 
the Spirit of God. A very, very, very fine line. I don't understand people that work through this inner witness. Now, we will, again, we're going to get into all this teaching. Inner witness is the Lord God speaking to you on the inside. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't know how to work that way because that's not the way God has brought me to work. Uh, God lets me see in, in open visions. And when I see things in open vision, I just tell you what I've seen. See, and was some of you with me last Sunday night, I began to tell, I began to tell a couple young people that were there about the color car. There was corn on one side, beans on the other side. They were drinking Budweiser beer and smoking marijuana. How did I know that? Because all of a sudden when I was standing there, all of a sudden I saw them and some people, kids that were with them. I saw the gravel road they were on. I, it was just like I was standing there in the middle of it. Now, that's the way it happens in my life. It's happened for years in my life that way. I've had people come up and get in that heel line, and all of a sudden I see them when they were that tall. I see them. I, I've counseled with people, and I've, I've told them. I said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God showed me. Well, just a, minute, just a minute, let me tell you. And I'll begin to tell them about a room, the room when they were a kid. Everything that was in the room, I can tell everything. I write down, write down to bless God what the, what the color and what kind of bedspread was on the bed. Well, you see, that, that comes from open visions. Now, I don't know how you work here, because I, I, I'm very leery of this that happens here. Now, there's people that, uh, and I, when I teach this, you're going to hear me, I want to swing it around, because there's not very many people that open, uh, get open vision like this either. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. It's a, it's, a, it's a pain in the ear, because you're just responsible. And I don't care to be responsible, but evidently it's there, and I've got to do what God tells me to do when He does it, so I just have learned to be obedient and do it. But you see, this here is what most people have to work by. Now, when you have an, when this inner witness is working, you've got to understand something to it. When that's going on, you're going to have to realize that, well, I, I think that's God saying that to me. It may be God saying that to me. Then again, it may not be God saying that to me. Now, those that hone this inner witness thing down to where it really works effectively for them, all that I have spoken to to this point in time that work through that, have done it in that way. They have opened their minds up to receive and understand the fact that there's more voices going on out there than just the voice of God. Makes it work very well. So, subjecting yourself unto, and what's that got to do with that? I don't know. But subjecting yourself unto ministry is very important. There's, there's a number of, of safeguards that the, the Lord God is trying to give us in the Bible to get the church into that place. And I believe personally, because we're, we're entering into and into the latter days, the latter times, as we have been even from the day of Pentecost, we have to open up and understand that God has got to bring the church to a depth. We have got to get past this the, uh, uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is. We're, we're still fighting so hard getting people to, to operate and now faith is. We're going to have to get the church past that. And the only way that I know truly to get the church past it is to take the church back and try to find out what we missed. Because, folks, we in this church, this walk that's on the face of this earth today, has grossly missed the Lord God in a lot of places. And one of them, I believe, is what we're studying here this morning. I believe it is. Now, um, the fruit of gentleness, and I'm going to, I gave five points here. And this is really neat. Number one. It always overlooks the faults of others. Look out. Look out. It always, oh dear God in heaven, I don't want to have to raise my hand. I was about to say, how many of you have trouble overlooking the faults of others? Well, I think we all do. Huh? I know one, one sister 
And the first time I met her, I said, nah, she's putting on an act. This is nobody can act that way. Long words around her, I found something out. That sister truly, in her heart, was that way. And that's the only person I've ever been around. Of course, I know, really, just that way. Could truly overlook the faults of others. That's an attribute of gentleness, all right? Number two, never sharp, or I ought to say not sharp and bitter. Not sharp and bitter, shouldn't say never. They're not sharp and bitter people. I'm talking about overall. Let's face it, we all have our days. Somebody say amen. Amen. We all can't be holier than thou all the time. Don't we wish we could? Amen. That's what that's really what the walk is about is is see when I was saved, I was told then, as a child of God, I'd no longer smoke, drink, cuss, or anything wrong I'd never do. That's what I was truly told out of the domination. Well, everything went real well for about the first week. Then the second week went from good to bad. The week after, it got worse. And I finally went to one of the elders of the church, and I found out that, well, that's just what the, the preacher smoked. The preacher did this. The preacher did that. But that's just what he was told that he had to say behind the pulpit. I said, well, wait a minute. I said, that can't be right. I said, if that's right, I said, we're, we're, y'all teaching lie. So we decided, you know, we'd gone from that church, and that was the end of it. But as we have grown and begin to understand that when you're born again, because you're made up of a spirit, a soul, and a body, the only thing about you that are truly saved for eternity is your spirit man. You still have a problem, problem then, with the mind, and we're told it's the renewing of the mind, which is part of the soulish. In my case, I didn't lose 50 pounds. I didn't grow any hair, all right? Same old me when I looked at in here. All old things were passed away, and yea, things, all things became new, and it was my spirit man. So what we're trying to do is to get us all to understand that you don't start out other than being perfect within your spirit man. The beginning is when you receive Jesus in your heart. Then we begin to clean up our lives. Some of us want to say our acts. As we begin to walk. Now, the more that you learn of the Word of God, guess what? The more you're required of the Word of God. It's just that simple. The more that you're taught, the more you're required. That's the reason that in, in some cases, people aren't required very much because they don't know very much. Now, that doesn't mean on the day that you stand before the Lord God that it's not going to be a talent in you because it will be. And I'll tell you why. Paul said it very, very, very well. It's all here in the book, folks. If you don't learn it, it's going to be no excuse when you stand before God and say, well, I didn't know. You will receive stripes for that which you uh, didn't know, just as much for that that you did know. But accounted unto you, it will be. So now, when we begin to understand this thing with gentleness and the importance of the production of it in our lives, gentle people, somehow people draw to they just, they just somehow they draw to it. I, I'm convinced after this many years it's a spiritual thing. I'm certain that it is because they're always number three, soft-spoken and courteous. Soft-spoken and courteous. Gentleness will always have soft-spokenness and always will have courteousness with it. 
Number four, encourages the weak. Encourages the weak and, well, listen to this now, folks. Encouraging the weak is not too tough a deal. Now, listen closely. And the difficult. The difficult. Why? Because Paul said it best. He said to Timothy, for those that oppose themselves, Timothy. See, what, what we don't, and it's very difficult for us to figure out because most of us in this room are adults. And it's very difficult for us to come to grips with, and under, with the understanding that, hey, I may not be as smart as I need to be in this book called the Bible. And I may be wrong. God forbid. I may need help. Oh, no, I'm an adult. I mean, I've got, you know, I mean, I provide for my family. I pay taxes. I pay my... You got it, folks. And that's where it all comes to. Is you and I coming to the place of realizing something. Realizing something, something very, very important. You are your biggest problem. Wife, whichever the case is. Not your children. Not the boss at work. Not the preacher, thank God. The elders of the church, no, you're your biggest problem and I'm my biggest problem. Because if you study at all this book, the Bible, you'll find out that Jesus came and overcame the works and destroyed the works of the devil. Gave unto us the entirety of his kingdom, even here on the face of this earth. Now, if he did all that, you and I don't have any problems. And if we've overcome the devil, I'm around, every once in a while I get around people that they're into this thing that, well, the devil did this, and the devil did that, and the devil did this over here. I said, well, what did Jesus do? You know, I've, I've heard him testify. I get up and say, well, pray for me. I want the congregation praying. The devil just give me a hard way to go all this week. Well, if he did, you let him. See, the Bible says neither give place to the devil. So if the devil give you a hard place this week, then you let him give you a hard place. Because, see, you've got, you have got the right to stand up as a, the child of God you are, and through the name of Jesus Christ and the power of his spoken word through the infillment of the Holy Ghost, we put all that in there, you've got the right to say, no, devil, I will not succumb under that temptation, under this situation in the name of Jesus Christ, because, and then quote him the word of God, quote him the word of God. That's all there is to it. Number five, glad to give to others. And you need to underline the word glad to give. Gentleness is always glad to give to others. And that word glad is very, very important. I know people that give and go, oh, and then expect God to give them a limousine because they gave somebody a $10 bill. Huh? Amen? Sure. Yeah, unfortunately, most of us, if not all of us, have walked in those shoes. God, you owe me something now. Because look what I did. No, God doesn't owe us anything. He already gave us all, all that he has, including his only begotten son. What more could he give us? That's, again, a problem within the church, and we've not got to figure it out that we have it all. The problem is we haven't figured out how to receive it all. And that's all the problem is. When we understand in the church how to receive all this stuff, look out. Things are going to be a lot different. Those, because again, I, I keep saying that the church world itself and the world itself, looking back and forth at each other, there is a lot of church people that the world's looking at and saying, I'm just as well off as they are. Now they can't know spiritually, okay, because they're not. I'm talking about the way the world has to look at things 
and that's through their carnal eyes. And I've had people come and say, well, I've been out of work for six, eight months, and old Joe Schmo down there, he's got this business, and he's running around with wild women a gambling and hit the lottery last week down to the, you know, he don't even go to church. Well, you need to study David. David kind of got in a thing like that, too. But I'm going to tell you what, those are going to have got their reward, folks. And you can't take it with you. You came into this world with nothing, and believe you me, you're going to leave with nothing. All right? So what you've got to understand is that as long as the world is looking at the church and saying, well, I'm as well off as they are, look at them. Look at them people. Can't pay the taxes, can't do this, can't do this. Why should they go to church? They've got no reason to go to church. But when the church begins to, to pull itself up, as they have, we use here in this country by its bootstraps, and the church begins to show themselves as the children of God that we truly are and the blessings of God that are upon us by fulfilling this word of God in our lives and not just sitting and listening to it. Dear couple, hell, I've heard that sermon before. Well, evidently you didn't learn anything because we're having to do it again. It's like I tell people, it's not like I get a big charge out of doing the fruit of the Spirit. I've done this thing for years. The fact of the matter is, I don't, and now listen, I also want to tell you this, every time I do this, I learn something. Myself. Every time, every time you hear the Word of God, there's something you should be able to learn. If you're open to learn, the problem is we're closed. And we don't want to learn. Like I said, you can't, hey, this would never, I could advertise this on the radio and get nobody to show up at a, at a, at a, at a all day conference, um, on teaching the fruit of the Spirit. Now I'm getting ready here sometime in September to do a thing on spiritual warfare and I'll fill the church in Evansville up. Why? Because everybody wants to know about that. But nobody wants to know about first things first, do they? Nobody does. You want to teach or preach on love? Nobody show up. Everybody's got that. Same thing with this. The fruit everybody should have the fruit of the spirit, but they don't produce it. All right. Hope you can get a hold of that. Now, gentleness is an inward quality. You need to write that down. It's an inward quality, and if it's not there, it can again come out. Okay. Isaiah sixty six thirteen, please. Isaiah sixty six. 13. I get excited. I get excited when I can get into the Word of God and I can see this stuff right before my eyes. 66.13. It says, As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Now that's 66.13 of, of Isaiah. Now, gentleness, and that, this would be considered gentleness. I'm going to read that again. The 13th verse says, As one whom his mother comforteth, for so I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Now, this could simply be called, if you will, the motherhood of God. That kind of gentleness, that kind of comforting is the motherhood of God. Now, you may not have ever heard it quite put that way, but if you just stop and think about it for just a few minutes, I'm sure you won't have a lot of trouble with it. Now, in 2 Samuel 22, 2 Samuel 22, and in the 36th, 22, 36, it says this, Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. Thy gentleness hath made, you could ease enough to say, 
that gentleness is the lo is love in action. Gentleness is love in action. As I as we begin to teach this, and we first began with uh, the fruit love, I, I showed you then that every one of these attached itself to love. Every one of these fruit attaches itself back to love. In other words, love is the is the base of it. All right. Now we can also say that that gentleness is a mark of of greatness because it is. That one's great, or that one's not. Remember that, if you will. Someone says, "Oh, that's a greater gentle." According to the scripture, you could say that because why? We see there that it says, "Thy gentleness hath made me great." So greatness would definitely come from gentleness. Uh, look in James three seventeen. James three seventeen. James, it says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated without partiality and without hypocrisy. That is the unity of the Spirit when all that's going on. Should be, yes. Should be. Now, we see an image of, of Moses, and, and I, I may or may not know. Uh, in the book of Numbers, if you will, Numbers 12.3, I want to share this with you. I thought people have a lot of different images of Moses, and very few times do they think this of Moses. Now, the man Moses was very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. Now, of all things that I would have that I would have thought of, of Moses being would have been that. Okay? Of all things that I would have thought of Moses being, it would not have been that. It's portrayed in a lot of different lights, but now, above all that were on the earth, and that's really quite a statement being made here by God, the attribute of Moses, mm -hmm, something for you and I to be able to do what? Take into. Now, also at the same time, Christ worked within that. I don't think this is any surprise to anybody. Second Corinthians 10.1. 2 Corinthians 10.1. Simply says here, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness of the gentleness and gentleness of Christ, who is presence and base among toward you. Now that's uh, 10, 1 of 2 Corinthians. Talking about you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. Uh, uh, Jesus was a gentle person, as we know, with the forgiveness. Uh, like the woman that was caught up in adultery, it had been very easy. Uh, for him to have uh, been different than that, but there again, being God, there was no other way for him to be. Uh, two, he's tender. Uh, he blessed the little children. Three, uh, submissive. Uh, not my will, but thine, Father, be done. And all these were attributed unto our Christ. And we are to do what? We're to walk into his footsteps, yes. We're to be like him, yes. And so many, many times we, we get ourselves out from under and not realizing, again, just who we're supposed to act like and what we're supposed to be now that we're Christians. And Again, I, I think it's a good study uh, for that. I do want to spend here the last few minutes of uh, ministry today uh, looking at the fruit goodness, which is the next one. And these all are very, very closely uh, uh, 
gather themselves together to, you know, you could talk about within gentleness and goodness, but we're going to separate them as they're separated here. Let's look in Ephesians 5, 9. And there's not a, there isn't a whole lot to be said about one that you can't say about the other, truly. And usually we just lump all this together and say, well, just, you know, give it your best shot and that'll be that. Better get to where I'm trying to go. 5, 9. And it says this. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Okay? That's Galatians, isn't it? I'm having a real time today. I'm old, Deckard. Deckard, you've done it twice in one service. Well, Lord, forgive me. I hope you will. In Jesus' name. 5, 9. Here the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth. And that's what it is. Uh, sometimes we, we overlook when we look into Scripture. And we overlook goodness. We'll see righteousness and truth. But we'll, we'll miss out something very important, but it says it's all goodness. It's all goodness. Now turn with me in Matthew 12, and I'm gonna <laughs> find Matthew 12, okay? Uh, 34 and 35. Listen to this. It says, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Now we covered that. You need to underline that if it's not underlined in, in your Bible. Because the body of Christ needs to understand that, that if there's goodness, well, if 35 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasures bringeth forth evil things. Now, let's not get tied up with saved and unsaved, or, or born again and not born again. We're talking about evilness, and we're talking about goodness. Now, there's either one or the other operating within you. There's either one or the other. Now, the fruit of the Spirit will bring out the good. But again, it's, it's something that's going to have to be placed there, and it's something that you're going to have to work on. It's not something that you got when you were a Christian. And, and I, I think that that's, that's probably the problem with all this, that we think that we got, well, I got that when I'm, I become a Christian. I'm just automatically have goodness. No, you don't. No, you don't, because I'm, I'm around the week in and week out, some very ugly Christians, and they just act ugly. Now, that, that, there isn't a fruit called ugliness, by the way, all right? I've often thought there must have been, and I missed it, but uh, no, there's not. So understand that, that out of, a, uh, out of an evil man will come evil, and out of a good man will come good. There's not the two of them don't mix. And, it, and now listen, when we get down, we'll, we've got some studies that we will do later on, into some more depth into this, uh, you truly are drawn from one of those wells or the other. can't be drawn from both, and that's where uh, churches like this can be of a great assistance to you in your walk with Jesus Christ because you may need some deliverance in your life because it just can't be, folks. You, you just cannot one minute be good, the next minute be evil. One minute be acting good, the next minute be acting ugly. It just doesn't work that way. And if it's working that way in your life, you've got the right building, praise God, okay? And in, in time, in time, you will find that you can walk in, you can walk out from under that and you can do what you're wanting to do. See, because I believe that all hearts that belong to Jesus Christ that are saved, born again, want to produce good, want to produce goodness in their life. The problem is we kind of get all fouled up and we, you know, and usually it's those folks that just got one foot just a little bit in the world and one church a little bit in church. 
And they just don't know which one of those worlds they really do belong into, even though they want to believe they belong in the, in the one that's the foot in the church. But the fact of the matter is, and we intend to take you to those kind of depths to teach you, not everybody that crieth, Lord, Lord, is going to enter in, folks. This old stuff, once saved, always saved, is a bunch of baloney. And you're, there's not scripture. There's not scripture. Now, I'm not going to debate whether your spirit man is sealed for eternity, because it is. But I think that there's definite things that you can do that's going to cause you not to enter into the kingdom of God if you're not careful. That's the reason this thing, this thing, well, I got saved when I'm 10. I don't need to go to church anymore. Church isn't your salvation. I fully agree to that. But you're going to have to understand something about it. That you are commanded by the Lord God to gather yourselves together. You're commanded by God to do that. If you're not going to gather yourselves together, what are you going to learn? You surely aren't stupid enough to think that you're going to get all you need sitting out from under, underneath a juniper tree or some Sunday afternoon when it happens to be that you're in between baseball games and a Sunday afternoon movie and God's going to give you something because it doesn't work that way. Seeking God is a full-time business, folks. It's a full-time business and it has to be dealt with on a full-time base, not when you can work Jesus in on Sunday morning and once during the week. It just doesn't work that way. And, and somehow or other we have... We have portrayed that, that portion of the church to the church, and it's much easier. I had a guy come to me one time and tell me when I had just gotten saved, once you come go to church with me, he said, you spend two, three hours at church you're going to. Said, we go, and he said, besides that, you go three times a week. Said, I go once a week. I'm there for 15 minutes, good for the whole week. The guy believed it. Now, 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 now uh, he, he called himself a Christian. I'm standing there going, well, I was just a babe. I'm going, hey, wait a minute. This guy, this guy, this guy's got a point. I could be fishing. I could be hunting. Huh? I could be watching a television show. Well, I could just be, look at all that time I could be. He goes, once a week, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, good for the whole week. He said, I don't think I buy that. Of course, that's a, you've got to know practical, practical precious. And she, I, go, I don't buy that, she said. And I go, oh, that popped my bubble. Because, see, if I got her to go, we'd have been that church. Huh? Why not? He said, well, I'm going to heaven. He said, I'm saved. Well, I, you know, but you see, there's more to it than that, folks. You know where it basically comes down to? Those of us that have truly met the man Jesus and those of us that truly have fallen in love with him. Fallen in love with Jesus Christ. That you don't have to bargain with him. Now, I gave you an hour last week, you old, just because you love him. Just because you want to get to know more about what truthfully is yours, what truthfully is mine. That's what drives us on. It drives us on knowing that there's a place that you can come. When a brother or sister is hurting, you can go lay hands on them and through the name of Jesus Christ, demand of your inheritance and see it come to pass and see it work. But you see, again, we, we but some of us saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and we went out and tried it. It didn't work. So what did we do? We backed off. Yeah, we did. We didn't hear anybody tell us that you're not going to work the works of God until God can know that he can trust you with that kind of power. He's not going to turn you loose with it. You said, but I got the power of the Holy Ghost. When I got, yeah, you sure did. But why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? Like you see, the blind eyes come open, the lame people walk, the short legs grow, the cancers leave that you see week in and week out if you're around this ministry. If, if it's there, why isn't it working for you? Very, very simply. If you look into the... See, you've got to understand 
with God, you just got to understand how God operates. God isn't a fool. Thank God he's not. God knows you and I. He knows. One time the Lord God, I was going to, I was going to be a millionaire, right on my road to being one too. And I made a deal with God. I said, now God, I'll go ahead and be a millionaire and then I'll be a preacher. Well, it didn't work out. And the reason it didn't work out, finally after it was all over and I struggled with it, if it be thy will, and then kicked the door down and went on in, you know, one of those deals. Then afterwards, about a year later, the Lord spoke to me on the inside, not an audible voice, and said this to me. He'd never been a preacher. He was right. Why? Because he knows me. He knows you. He knows He knows why if he answered that quick little prayer, oh, if you just do this, Jesus, I'll do it. He knows what you do. We see it week in and week out. We see people come around this ministry that I'm telling you got life and death situations. And we've seen God set them free, and then they just, they owe me something? No, they don't owe me a thing. But I think they would feel like a little bit of an obligation toward the Lord Jesus to go somewhere and get in church. No. And then you know what you see? About six, eight months later, all of a sudden you look down there, they're on that heel line again. They're in a bind again. We've got people that we don't ever see until they get in a bind. And when they do, I know when they push you up in church, you don't have to discern anything. You just know they're in another bind. Romans 11.22. 11.22. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell, severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. Well, that's self-explanatory. I don't think there needs to be said for that, that anybody that can read can understand that, I think. Romans uh, 15, the 14th verse, another statement here made, says, And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness and filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. It keeps coming up, and that's the reason I'm, I'm using this, because I want, you to, I want you to see that it just keeps, it just keeps coming up like that. Now, in Luke 10... In Luke 10, the 10th chapter of Luke, and in the 33rd verse, Luke 10, 33, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his way, on his own beast, I'm sorry, and brought him to an end and took care of him. Now, that's just out-and-out out goodness. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, point it. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email com and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shir 